while we're getting things set up here, little interesting things going on at my house. We finally got power this afternoon, about 4.15. And my wife was standing at the kitchen window and looked out and said, there's smoke coming off of that line. Well, one of our trees, which got caught up in all this mess, was laying on the line and it caught fire. So we, we called the fire department and they come out there and they stood there and watched it till it burned in two and fell on the ground. And uh, we got tree trimmers coming to cut the rest of the limbs off of the line before they catch fire. So there ain't nothing going on at my house. <laughs> but we're glad that you're here. Take a hymnal if you would. Turn to hymn number 489. 489 Heavenly Sunlight. This will be our offertory hymn. I'll ask you to stand on the last verse, if you would. Just on the last verse. Thank you. 
A few months ago, as a matter of fact, back in February, you've heard the pastor mention that we went to Sao Paulo, Brazil on a focus group. Well, during that focus group, there was other people from the state of Kentucky who went with us, and we met Tom and Ann Patterson, and tonight you'll get to hear the words from Tom. Also, we met Tyler Shields. Now, Tyler is a pastor also at Rock House Baptist Church in Hyden, Kentucky. He's also a military chaplain. So they're going to provide some music for us. Then Tom works with strengthening churches throughout the state of Kentucky and also across the country. So he's going to bring our message tonight. And Tyler and Caitlin, if you will come forward and do our music for us, and then we'll hear from Tom.
certainly a pleasure to be here with you this evening, and we greatly appreciate the invitation. And uh, my wife and I would like to uh, lead you in a few worship songs before Tom comes and preaches. And uh, if you know these, feel, feel free to sing along with us to join us as we worship the Lord this evening. You hold my every moment. You calm my raging sea. You're my 
you glad that he's more than enough for every need that we have? More than we'll ever need. We want to do a song. Uh, it's called No Longer Slaves. And through Christ, we have so much freedom, really more freedom than we ever tap into, to be honest with you. And I don't know where you're coming from this evening, but I've learned and I've experienced and I've seen it happen in my, with my own eyes. Christ can set people free from absolutely anything, whether it's freedom from fear and anxiety or freedom from religion or freedom from addiction. Christ can set anyone free, and we don't have to be in bondage or enslaved to anything other than him if we'll invite him into our life. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies until all my fears are gone. And I'm no chosen me love has called my name and I've been born again to your family your blood flows through my veins I'm no longer
specifically for the purpose of praising him night and day. And they never cease saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who is, who was, and who is to come. Isn't that beautiful? Clothed in rainbows of living color, Flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder, blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be to you, the only wise King. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Jesus, your name is power. 
Tell me.
mountain folk at Broadway Baptist Church. Can you believe that? Out of the coffee clan. Amen? Amen. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's ironic how that you meet people and how you greet people and how you begin to bond with them. But you know, the greatest bond is once we get to know one another, then we begin to team together to go out and tell others about Jesus. Amen? So I want you to go with me. You have a hand out there. Church Strengthening Ministry. And I'm getting some feedback here, some backlash. Kind of toned me down because my vocal cords, they're amplified already, okay? Healing, Church Strengthening Ministry. Christ-centered. Savior connected. Mission committed. And here's the objective. By the transforming power of God's Word, every church be on mission with God. And I've already shared the three goals. And I want to speak tonight about something the Israelites, the Jewish, the Hebrew people used. They had all the names of God. <laughs> and I've done study after study on the names of God. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord, your healer. I was broken. And God healed me. For an example, we got a call in from Chad and Sandy Linden. Pray for our 14-year-old daughter. She's having spinal surgery at the Cincinnati Hospital. Ann and I take that serious. We pray right then and there. Our three-year-old granddaughter, Avery J., had soft palate surgery here at UK. Fifty to eighty stitches in that baby's mouth. We prayed. And she's doing awesome. We get a call in at 1.30 in the morning from a family, the Knuckles family. A little eight-year-old boy. We refer to him as little Ricky. His 28-year-old mother hit a tree head-on. They had to cut her out of the car. And little Ricky couldn't hardly bring it together because we, the, the family asked us, will you come and share with him that Mama's not coming back home? <laughs> she left an 8-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 2-year-old. Mama won't be back home. And little Ricky... In the eight-year-old way he thinks, or she thinks, is very logical. Well, why won't mom come back home? And he didn't get to attend her memorial service, so he had no closure. He had no healing. So we go, we get a call at 1.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Not this past, about three weeks ago. And we answered that call at 2 o'clock as we listened to little Ricky in his bedroom. And the grandparents had been up all night crying because they were struggling. They need healing. And so we sat down and listened to Ricky, little Ricky. And he's wanting to get mom out of that car, out of the darkness. He's struggling. He's hurting. And Jehovah Rapha 
is the great healer. He's the great physician. And so we explained to him out of John 14, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house, it's room enough for all. <laughs> but I know your heart's troubled, little Ricky. He said, yes, it is. He talked about the darkness. He talked about the bondage. And now he needs to hear from God the Father. He's an eight-year-old lost child that just lost his mama. And God sent us on mission. I'm so glad to be a missionary. <laughs> How many is glad to be here tonight? God's got you on mission here tonight. And you have something in your life that needs to be encouraged, needs to be healed, needs to have some salvation about it. And tonight's tonight. And Pastor Daniel said, healing service. And I was excited about that. Because... I get up every morning. Today's my anniversary, by the way. 48 years ago today, I exited Vietnam. Three tour. I thought I was tough in those days, but now I call myself something different, okay, than tough. All right? But I need healing every day. And so Pastor Daniel asks, will you speak on healing? Absolutely. Now, to finish the story with little Ricky... Once we listened to him, understood what God was saying to him, what he was saying to me, and how we came together, I opened the Bible to Romans 10, 8 and follow. And then that ninth verse, I asked little Ricky, will you read that ninth verse? He read it. I said, do you believe it? He said, I believe it. you accept it? He paused a moment and he said, I accept that. I said, here's the crucial question. Do you want to experience it? And he pondered, seemed like forever, but it was just a few seconds. And that little eight-year-old boy, I believe inspired the God himself there to heal a broken heart. But not only to heal, but to save. And little Ricky invited Jesus Christ into his heart and mind. He, he cuts out of there, out of the bedroom, and goes to the living room where Ann was working with the grandparents. And, and, and you know what that little eight-year-old boy said that just astounded me? He said, now, Grandma, you'll understand about me inviting Jesus Christ into my heart and life and being saved. But, Pap, you won't understand. You see, Ricky, his grandfather, is not a Christian. An eight-year-old understood that this lost grandparent, as much as he loved, would not understand what he just experienced. <laughs> How we need healing. And I believe with all of our heart tonight we're here for a reason. And, and I want to just to walk you through, you have a printout. What kind of disease did Jehovah Rapha heal? And what is the meaning of the Hebrew word Rapha? The answer to this question can be discerned from a survey of 60-plus usage and additional discussion of Rapha. The Hebrew word for heal, the first use is found in Genesis 20 and verse 17, refers to physical healing. You see, I couldn't really minister to little Ricky's spiritual need until I attended to his physical need. Somebody needs to be present. 
Somebody needs to understand what this eight-year-old is talking about. Someone needs to be there that has a discerning heart. And so that in Genesis is first is a physical. It's barrenness. Sarah could not have children. We've got a family in New Mexico, a pastor's wife. And we pray for Joella that she will be able to conceive. But in Sarah and Abraham's day, if the mother, if the woman could not bear children, it was a sign of God's disfavor or a curse. And here we're talking about Abraham and Sarah. He's the father of the faithful, amen? They needed healing from the barrenness. And so this is the first use that we find in the Scripture. By Elohim, in answer to Abraham's prayer, the effective prayer of a righteous individual can accomplish much. How many believe that? When I pray, you know what I do? I call people. By the way, I just got a text from my pastor. I text him. Amen. And you know what he said? He said, quit texting me, Tom. I'm preaching. I said, preach the word, brother. Amen. We need a discerning heart, do we not? We need to really pray like we've never prayed before. And I believe when we pray, and prayer is not about the work, it is the work. When we pray, we should expect God to immediately work. That's what Abraham and Sarah did. How many believes that they had a child? How many believes that they tried to be a Baptist and got ahead of God? Can I get an amen or an old me? Amen? What did they do? And, and don't, 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 don't hear me wrong. I believe that Abraham and Sarah was one of the best couples that you'd ever want to meet. But they wanted to get in a way to say, okay, maybe God's wanting us to take and do it this way. No, pray and wait until God answers, and when God answers, then move. Then the next use is translated physicians in Genesis 50. And verse 2, in 1 Kings 18, 30, we get a picture of what Rapha means. When Elijah repaired Rapha, the altar of Jehovah, which had been torn down. It means a repair work. Some of us need to be repaired. Can you get an amen? We need to be worked over real good. Amen? And so... Now notice, in a scene similar to that at Moriah's bitter waters, Elijah went out to the spring of water and threw salt in it and said, Thus says the Jehovah, I have purified, Rapha, these waters. Thou shalt not be from here on death or unfruitfulness any longer in 2 Kings 2 and 21. So clearly, Rapha, conveys the idea of restoring something to its normal or useful state. Can I get an amen there? I don't know about you, but for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I missed the mark. I thought I was doing pretty good. <laughs> and then God said, Tom, I'm not over there. I'm over here. Well, God, if you'd told me where I could understood it, Maybe I'd done a little bit better. But you know, I found while we were missionaries in Africa, I remember what Abu Sakaia would say when they would come in and they would just lamb blast Abu Sakaia. He said he'd listen to them religiously. And he said, I'll tell you what, 
if you give me another opportunity, I'll do better the next time. I thought that was so appropriate. And I started using that on some people that would get, you know, a little bit curt, a little bit cantankerous. How many gets cantankerous? Don't raise your hand. It's too late. You see, we all do, don't we? We get frustrated. We get bitter. We get beside ourselves. God, I've been praying for this, and where are you? But you see, in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, you know the scripture. We see the famous statement, I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal Rapha, their land. So the land polluted by the sin of adultery could be healed and made useful and fruitful by Jehovah Rapha. In answer to a repentant prayer, in 2 Chronicles 30 and 20, after Hezekiah prayed, he prayed, Jehovah heard Hezekiah and healed the people. In context, this clearly refers to spiritual healing as they had been remiss in celebrating the Lord's Passover. We missed the mark. We meant well, maybe. I believe Sarah and Abraham meant well. God had told them, I'm going to increase your tribe. Well, they wanted to help God. And look at the mess we're still in after they missed the mark. And so, trying to comfort Job, one of his friends. Well, friends like that, who needs enemies, right, Ben? <laughs> I mean, Job's friends. You know the story, don't you? Job reminds him of the Almighty, Shaddai saying, He inflicts pain and gives relief. He wounds and his heals also, and his hands also heal Rapha in Job 5, 18. Clearly, God alone is the source of all healing. There's no such thing as faith healers. I don't buy it. Only God is the healer. We can be instruments. It's almost like saying to a scaffold, of a surgeon. You're the healer. No. It takes a surgeon that is trained with that scaffold. Just like our granddaughter in the soft palate surgery. 50 to 80 stitches in that little baby's mouth. That's, to me, that's miraculous. And she's already showing signs of improvement. Healing. So I believe that God is in the healing business. God doesn't want us to be outside of his healing purposes. But even if he chooses to use human vessels or other means, echo and assembly similar uses of Rapha in the psalm. David cries out to Jehovah Rapha, Oh, Jehovah, be gracious to me and heal Rapha, my soul, for I have sinned against you, Psalm 41 and 4. Here referring to the spiritual healing. It's not only the physical healing. It's the spiritual healing. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I need physical healing. And God is amply able to heal us physically. How many believe that? And I don't know about you, but I've experienced that. But I also need that spiritual healing. I was lost. I was separated from God. And I was told in the old community, in the old hollow where 
I was born and raised that they didn't want my kind in that church house. And so we, meet, we move to the next holler. Now, we call it hollers down in the hollers. Amen? We like R's, and we like L's, and we always get them confused, okay? And so we moved to this other holler, and the church came and knocked on our door and invited us to Sunday school and invited us to church. And at 13, May the 27th, 1963, I accepted Christ. Five years later, I was in Vietnam. You see, God saved me. God sealed me. But I'd never been discipled. Barely saved. Just baptized. And that's as far as I got in my discipleship training. But God preserved me. And out of that experience in a little fire base in northern Vietnam called Phu Bai, God called me. God called me. And, and I remember very vividly, God, if you'll spare my life tonight, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I don't want to die in this place. Please save me. I was saved, but I needed that salvation from dying. Over 58,000 of us didn't make it out. And God is in the saving business. If Broadway Baptist Church is not in the saving business, you're not following Jesus. Now, Daniel didn't pay me to say that, and he'll probably say, I don't believe he said that. Yes, I did, Pastor. And in Psalm 107.20, we see Jehovah answered sinful Israel's cry of distress. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. In Psalm 147.3, we see a tenderness and a compassion of Jehovah Rapha who heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, referring to the emotional, spiritual healing. And Jeremiah 6.14 speaks of a false healing. They have healed Rapha, the brokenness of my people, superficially, saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. For all, 11 uses refer to not only the physical and the spiritual, but the emotion. Sometimes, if you're like me, you need to take a time out with God that your mind can rest my mind runs away with me my heads are all my head is always in the clouds I'm a visionary my thankfully God blessed me with a wonderful wife that her feet is fully planted on this planet and we make an awesome team we make an unstoppable team and what I found out about your pastor and brother Ben They've got an awesome leadership here. What do you want God to do in your healing situation? What kind of disease do you have that needs to be healed? There's the physical, there's the spiritual, and there's the emotional. And notice, in Psalm 107.20, we see Jehovah answer sinful Israel's cry of that distress. When we cry out to God, if he did it for a nation, he'll do it again today. Does not our nation need to be healed? And I don't believe that there's any other God we can pray to that will answer our prayers other than God Almighty. 
There is only one true and living God. And Jesus Christ said, there is no other way except through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way. And so they delivered. In some, Jehovah Rapha, the great physician, heals physical, spiritual, and emotional ills. Although physical healing is important, humanity's greatest need is for healing of the relationships in our spiritual disease called sin. All around us we see the ravages of sin. And the need for healing, the need today is not much different from Isaiah's time as described in Isaiah 1 and 5 and 6. Where Isaiah describes Israel as a physical body sick from head to heart to toe. How wonderful in that same chapter he says, I'm sending the suffering servant, Isaiah 53. Aren't you glad that Jesus came? He suffered that we would be set free, that we would experience healing. Isaiah gives preview of a clear prophecy that by Messiah's scourging, we're healed, that Rapha, the suffering servant. And Peter reaffirms this great truth in 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. It follows then that Jehovah Rapha is the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is no healing outside of the great physician. Can I get an amen? Well, here's the next question. By the way, I've got six pages. How many wants to pray faster? Ben already said, no, you sing a lot, you play a lot, and... He'll talk less. Wrong, Ben. How should we respond when we find ourselves drinking from the water of Samara? Ken Hipfield, in his excellent book, which I highly recommend, The Names of God, answers with the following practical suggestions. First, listen earnestly to the voice of God. Who is talking to us? And I, I, I just believe that the Bible is inerrant, infallible, the absolute Word of God. That Bible, that Word of God, when I sit down and read it, it reads me. It's like a long-length mirror that you're looking into. And when it studies me, I know I've been studied. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Can I get an Amen. And secondly, well, let me, let me back up and give a little uh, insert here. I heard in Louisiana the other day when I was down there, Dr. Mark Talbert, the interim pastor at Woodland Park Baptist, and he said that people come in and said, well, you don't understand the circumstances that I'm under. And Dr. Talbert said, well, get out and under them. I think that's a good comeback, amen? Well, you just don't understand what I, un, under the circumstances. Well, get out under them. How many believes that God took us from a miry pit and placed our feet on the solid rock? He established our goings, amen? I've got marching orders. Who do I hear? I hear the voice of God, and I listen intently. God, what are you saying to me? And I want to get it right the first time. And the second thing, do what's right. How many knows the... Now, I want to ask this question in Africa because, really, they did not understand their left hand from their right hand. They, they, 
they, they were directionally challenged. Well, turn right, right here, I start to turn right, and I'm looking, and there's no road. And I said, right? Yeah, right. I said, what about this right? Oh, yeah, that right. That, that's the road we're going to. Okay, why don't you say left? No. They, but how many knows the right hand from their left hand? Come on, raise it. Right hand? Come on, you two. Right hand? Left hand? Left hand? Coffee girl? Mm-mm-mm. All right? We know. We know what's right. What prevents us from doing what's right? Now let me give you, I'm going to pick on one of Tyler and Caitlin's people, Bill Sumner. In Sunday school lesson, we were talking about paying forward, like you all fed us very graciously through uh, Miss Cheryl and, and Ben. And, and so we, we, we challenged the church to pay forward. For an example, you're going through a drive-thru at McDonald's or Wendy's or wherever, right? Pay for the car in behind you. Just pay for it. You don't have to know them. Just pay for their meal. Bill spoke up in the Sunday school class. He said, yeah, my luck, it'd be a whole minivan full of kids. Pay for it, Bill. Amen? How many believe that you can bless someone? And I've seen this, and I watched through the rearview mirror, this, this young lady that was coming through to get her coffee and, and going to work, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure she was on her way to work, and I paid for it. And she argued with the person in the window at McDonald's. She said, no, no, people don't treat people like that today. It said, love God and love your neighbor, amen? So what about paying forward? Next time out, try it and watch what they do. I, I love reaction to people. But now notice, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes, leaves behind or depart from, then will find compassion, mercy, pity, tender affection. How blessed is the man who fears always. But he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Now notice the third thing. Not only to listen earnestly to the voice of God, and to do what is right, but third, obey God's command. God did not call us to succeed. He called us to sacrifice. And folks, I'm going to say this at the risk of knowing what I'm talking about. We in America have no concept, no clue what sacrifice is. And Ann and I, Tyler and Caitlin, Ben, your pastor, has been in some areas. We've seen the homeless. We've seen people. And you, no doubt, some of you have been. But we as Americans overall don't have a clue about sacrifice. The poorest of the poor in America are the rich compared to some people. How many believe that God loves that little African child, <laughs> as much as he loves us. How many believe that God loves people here in Lexington, Kentucky, as much as he loves us in eastern Kentucky, <laughs> or vice versa? We want you to understand that God 
is in the healing business. Physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Unforgiveness is an example of sin that can lead to one being given over to tortures, Matthew 18, 34 and 35. And John MacArthur comments this. When believers forget their own divine forgiveness by God and refuse to extend human forgiveness to fellow believers, the Lord puts them under such tortures. The word can refer to those that are putting them in bonds and stocks as stress, hardship, pressure, or other difficulties until the sin is confessed and forgiveness is granted. As James tells us, judgment will be without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Here's the blessing out of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. When I would want to take and retaliate someone that has spoken ill to me and harmed me, and God puts restraints on me. Just know I saved you. I've healed you from that. You don't retaliate. You've been healed. You're part of the healing team now. And so, take and do good. Well, that is not so good. And Worsby says, the world's worst prison is the prison of an unforgiving heart. If we refuse to forgive others, then we are only imprisoning ourselves and causing our own torment. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Now, I'm from an Irish background. What are Irish people known for? Now, we may have some Irish in the congregation tonight. How, how many know what Irish people are known for? One. Temper. You know what my mama said about my temper? And I was thinking, man, how am I going to preach? How am I going to pastor? How am I going to be a minister, a missionary? Listen, my temper was red hot most of the time. One day, struggling with the call on my life, nobody knew. My wife lost. We went to church. And I'm thinking, temper. I can't do it. But God had already put his hand on me in Fubai, Vietnam. I knew that call. Well, my mama sitting back in the back seat coming from church that day, <clears throat> she said, you know, a tool without temper won't hold an edge. And in the same breath, the same sentence, she said, but a tool that flies off the handle is worthless and dangerous. I don't know about you, but that helped me. I said, God, here am I. <laughs> Send me. And he has. He's, he's put an edge that keeps sharp. And number two, although in one sense all illness is the consequences of fall of man and sin enter the world, not all disease is directly related to personal sin. Hmm. But most of us, if someone is sick, we equate it with sin or the lack of faith. But that's not always true. But bottom line is, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Therefore, 
Yes, it fits in that. And we all need to be healed. The third thing, Christians can be weak, sick, or sleep if they're careless taking the communion. Everyone should test and examine themselves, according to Paul's saying, as to what sort of trust and certainty they have in the Lord Jesus Christ. No one should act as though they are faithful to Christ if, nevertheless, they do not have faith and become guilty of the Lord's death. And I believe sometimes we have people that are asleep. Some people take of the communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, and they shouldn't. They should judge themselves to say, have I prayed like I ought to pray? Have I loved my neighbor like I ought to love my neighbor? Have I gone out? 90% of church members never share their faith or witness. I don't know about you, but that's not discouraging to Tom and Ann. I think it's a wide open field to disciple them. Amen? And so here, number four, the cross, the tree, is the source of healing for sin. How many believe that? That we can look to the cross. And the way of the cross leads home. You can romanticize it. We even put it in her jewelry. We wear it around her neck, around her ankles, around her... But it is a shame. It's a symbol of shame. That's what Jesus did for us. Number five, confession and prayer for one another can bring healing. James 5, 6 said, Therefore confess your sin to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective, effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And by the way, the effective prayer of a righteous woman can a, a, accomplish much too. Amen? But what about the man and the woman, the husband and wife praying together? I think it's more powerful. Six, the word of God is the source of healing. And they cried out to Jehovah in their trouble. He saved them from all their distresses. He sent his word. There's where the word comes in. And healed Rapha, them and delivered them from their destruction. Wow. Have you ever just got down in the mouth Got down in heart, felt, felt bitter. You've been drinking from that spring. <laughs> I like what Dan uh, said to us in Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil. He said, you know, I don't know where to drink that water or not. It might have those little wiggle details in it and cause some harm to my body. And somebody else, it wasn't me, somebody else said, with a body like that, it ain't going to hurt it much. Can I get an amen? I hope Daniel's listening to this, amen? And then, at the, over the table tonight, you know what? To use initials and not take and expose the guilty, it was Ben Biddle that said it over the table, okay? We're talking about drinking water. We all ordered water except him, right? And, and he says to Ty, he said, Tyler, this is not that spring water that has sulfur in it. That's unhealthy stuff. It's got chlorine in it. You know what chlorine does to the innards? Amen? It eats you up. That, that, that sulfur comes out of the springs in the mountains. You know what it does? It coats you inside out. 
So who's got the healing waters? Lexington or the mountains? The mountains. You need to come to the youth spring. Amen? But the fear of the Lord is associated with healing. Malachi 4.2 But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip like, a, like calves from the stall. Do not be wise in your own eyes. For, fear Jehovah and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. And finally, number eight, Jehovah Rapha heals the brokenhearted and the souls of people. Psalm 147.3 said, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 41.4, As for I said, O Jehovah, be gracious to me, heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Here's the invitation. Would you take and just think for a moment on this invitation? Here's your time. There's healing for your deepest pains and disappointments, physical, spiritual, and emotion. There's victory over addictions, past hurts as well as past failures. There's physical, but even better, spiritual and emotional healing available by running to the strong tower of Jesus your Jehovah Rapha. If you have become sidetracked and marrow, bitter in soul and spirit, feeling that life is unfair or God is unfair, the only way to go from Myra to Elim and find sweet water is to run to Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. I want to introduce my bride. and She's going to come and share her story. And we're going to continue this invitation. You pray for Miss Ann as she shares a very personal story of healing. Isn't she beautiful? How many believe that Ann's prettier than I am? All right. <laughs> I'd like to just take a moment. And I'm going to start with Malachi 4.2. That's what... That in John 9, 1 through 3 is what I'm basing, what I'm going to say on. Malachi 4, 2 says, But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise. Tom just read this. With healing in his wings, and you shall go out like calves. And then I would like to, to read uh, John 9, 1, 2, and 3. It says, Now as Jesus paced by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed to him. So Tom has, has spoken this evening about different kinds of healing, spiritual healing and physical and emotional healing. And I would like to speak to you for a moment about my personal healing. Malachi speaks to those who fear my name, who fear in the name of the Lord. And John speaks about those born blind or sick. I was born with epilepsy and suffered many years with it. I went to doctors, I went to churches, I went to pastors, I went to family and I went to friends to pray for me. 
I was spiritually healed, accepted Jesus as my personal Savior when I was 21 years old. And God's grace is truly sufficient. But I still have that desire to be healed of my epilepsy. And we know God's promises. He's promised to give us the desires of our hearts. Years ago, when Tom and I were preparing to go to Africa as missionaries, God gave me the desire of my heart. He healed me. No more seizures or the complications that comes with it. And if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And to add to my bride's personal testimony, none of our children has epilepsy. And you know it's heterot, you know, it, it's passed on. An amazing thing about, she had the grand mall, the worst of the worst. And so I asked her, I said, are you cured or healed? Because we were anticipating a leap of faith into the jungles of Africa. She said, Tom, I'm healed. I said, how do you know you're healed? She said, I felt God just cleanse me from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. That's the God that we worship and serve. And every day I have to get up in a healing process as a Vietnam vet and ask God for that healing because I struggle every solitary day. But you know what he does every solitary day? He heals me. And he sends me out. And he gave me the love of my life. He saved me. He saved Dan. All of our children are saved. And then this is one of our Timothys. And Timothet. That's Caitlin. And they're with us. And I'd like to ask him, Ben, if it's okay, if they lead the invitational hymn. And I want to read out of James 5. And you're the associate pastor, my brother? Am I correct? Would you come too? Ben, would you, would you join me up here? You're the chairman of deacons, right? Come on up here too. And this is something that I, I really believe with all of my heart, what the scripture says. And to listen to what it says. Would you stand with us, please? James 5, 14 through 16. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Effective, fervent prayer a righteous person avails much. Who will be the first to come and take Brother Ben's hand, or this pastor's hand, or this German deacon's hand, and say, you know what? I can have a closer walk with Jesus. I need 
to reach out farther than I reached out yesterday. I need that close walk. Miss Ann, would you join Ben? Cheryl, would you come too? Who will be the first? Go ahead, Ty, Caitlin. As we sing, listen. Come. You hold my every moment. You calm my raging seas. You walk with me through the fire. That's the number one goal of church drifting ministry. Encourage others. If you lead out, I'm pretty sure that beautiful lady here will follow. Come on. Amen. Others are coming. I believe, folks, that we have said. Walk with me through the fire. No. There's none good. You heal all my disease. Belongs to him. I trust in you, oh Lord, I trust in you, that you don't because I believe what is it in your life you're that you don't need that no healer, and I believe just came and waded into the baptismal waters in the middle fork of Kentucky River and I on July the 8th and was baptized. Jim was raised in an environment where he was consigned to hell. And when we shared the gospel with Jim, he said yes to Jesus and followed him. Jesus said, I'm good. Are you just settling for good, Broadway Baptist Church, and not the Great Commission, the Great Physician? I want you to move in just a little bit closer. I'm not finished with you yet. Amen. Move in a little closer to one another. And take one another's hand. Yes, come all the way across the aisle. 
hand in hand. Now somebody's going to have to connect with my hand. One way or the other, I'm going to get you up here. Amen. Now this is called a family circle. Come on around. ever heard the song will the circle be unbroken this is what this is about now what are you going to do we got a big gap all right here we go three broke loose Thank you all for allowing me to work with you tonight. How many's glad to be here? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're on that end. How long did it take us to come together, hand in hand? Heart and heart. This is what we experienced in Sao Paulo, Brazil, wasn't it, not Ben? We didn't know one another. And we looked at one another and said, well, I don't even know if I want to hold that person's hand or not. And after a week, I'm watching and witnessing. What are you two doing up there? Get down here. You're finished up there. Come on. Three. All. The number one Baptist in the upper deck there. Come on down. But then after a week, witnessing God moving, awesome spirit, what God could do when we unite, hand in hand, heart in heart. You're talking about coming to the mountains. Learn how to hold hands before you come. Learn how to be folksy. Learn how to talk over the back fence. We're personal. We like that one-on-one. -on -one. But there's an undertow in the mountains. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. Jonathan Edwards. There's an undertow, is it not, sure? That we mountain folk don't believe we are worthy of God's salvation. I think that's a virtue. I think that's a humility. It's nothing that I've done that I deserve to be saved. Going to heaven. Aren't you glad that God is a merciful God? God is a patient God? God is one that loves us unconditionally? Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you all glad that you're down here with the rest of us now? Amen. And the prophet Joel said, multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is at hand. What if Jesus 
What if Jesus appeared right now? What would he say about Broadway, about this church? They're hand in hand. They're heart in heart. Now, didn't it feel good to get out of your pew? Now, come on. Didn't it? Didn't it feel good to get out of your, uh, your high lofty loft up there? Huh? Come on down where the lost star and start loving on one another. I double dog dare. When Dr. Osmond comes back, just walk up to him. Say, Pastor, I love you. And it ain't nothing you can do about it. Now be careful. Be careful. You better have a physician on hand. He may have a heart attack. Can you get an amen? Let's bow. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for this wonderful group that has responded beautifully to the invitation that we're here. We want your healing, that we'll be healthy, and that we'll go share this with those that are without Jesus. We praise you, Father, for the privilege that we have to come and to speak and to encourage and to bring healing and salvation at Broadway Baptist Church. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you are going to do with this service tonight and from here on. In the name that is above every name, I ask these things. And all the church says, God bless you all. When are you going to have me back? Amen. <laughs> I think you'll come. Amen. God bless you, Pastor. Amen. Amen. That's called man. That's what he calls all the time. Amen. When he preaches. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I tell him I'm going to give him a little cornbread and free corn. That's it. Amen. Amen. Some of us get fat and sassy on another diet. Amen. Okay. Amen. Wow. What about this couple up here? How many can give an amen to these guys and gals? Amen. Appreciate you, brother. I'm a mountain boy, too. I grew up in southern West Virginia. Amen. Yeah. Amen.